This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 190 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Desperate Horsewives. Woohoo! Please, <laughs> please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections offers the whole universe of shopping at your fingertips. You can find them online at equestriancollections.com. Plus, Kentucky Performance Products, scientifically proven. And our newest sponsor, Equity Manufacturing, home of the Flex and Fork. You can find them at equitymfg.com. You can find all our sponsors at stablescoop.com. We have links and details about our wonderful sponsors up there. Welcome to the Stable Scoop. With weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable scoop. Stable scoop. Stable I am really excited about this annual Desperate Horsewives episode. I have my favorite person in the whole wide world, Coach Jen, who's with me today. Welcome, Jen. Oh, no pressure. Thanks. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I've been re- I've been really pounding on the friendship the friendship uh you know, I know I know what's going on right there. We're moving to Florida. I see what's going on right here. <laughs> yes, uh, Jennifer's moving to Florida. I'm horse shopping again, and yeah, so Jennifer's phone has sort of been ringing off the hook lately, and it's always time. me. Yeah, <laughs> and Jennifer is uh, she's a veteran uh, Desperate Horsewives episode guest, so she knows how this whole thing goes. And also joining us today is a new guest on Stable Scoop, Sandy Lovato. Sandy is married to. Gosh, one of the most recognized jockeys in the world, Frankie Lovato, who is also the inventor and uh, president of Equisizer. He created the Equisizer. What, what would you call it? It's a not. Let's see if I can get this right. Non-motorized exercise. Well, it's a horse, basically. It's a horse. It's and a- it really does work like a horse. And if you've ever watched the TV show, I think it was on Animal Planet Jockeys. Yes. It was featured there. You've seen it. And it's, yeah, anytime you see behind the scenes shots of jockeys in the, in the jockey's locker room, you'll see them sitting in there. Yeah. They're right. really cool. Right. This thing is, it's, it's pretty amazing actually. And so, uh, you know, like I said, um, Frankie has been, what did she say? He, he's ridden 1500 races and who knows how many hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars he's won um, at the racetrack. So anyway, Sandy, comes she's definitely married to a horseman but she's also a horsewoman herself it's gonna be fun to uh, hear about their relationship because two very different horse people she's the horseman horsewoman that you and i are familiar with because grew up loving horses yada 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 frankie is has a very different experience for his passion for horses so i can't wait to talk to her about it it's gonna be a lot yeah this is a good mix today we have a good mix so stay tuned we'll be right back with the I don't know, is this the third annual? It's probably the third or I think fourth. It's the third, yeah. The third annual third. Desperate Horsewives episode right here on Staple Scoop. Well, I'm here with Anastasia Burke, who's a writer for many equine publications and an author of several horsey books. And one of the first guests on the Staple Scoop radio show. Hello, Anastasia. Hi, Glenn. Good to talk to you again. Well, I'm talking to you for a different reason this time, and that is for, on behalf of Equity Manufacturing at EquityMFG.com. We have been talking about how much Helena and I absolutely love the Flex and Fork, but you use one of their other products that people probably have seen at expos and at fairs and things, but I know you and your husband absolutely love the Shake and Fork. We Love the shaken fork, and yeah, we found it um, at the Cal at the Horse Expo at Cal Expo in Sacramento. And what kind of caught our attention is that there was a lot of people standing around laughing, and so of course we were naturally drawn to that. And we ended up buying one, and everywhere we went that day, people laughed at us. And I have to say that we kind of got the last laugh because that thing has changed our life completely. Now let's tell everybody what it is. It's actually a motorized. 
uh, a motorized manure fork, and it's made to vibrate. So what happens instead of you having to shake your arms to get to get you know to sift, you basically the fork does it for you. The fork does all the work, and I think you know if you really want to clean your stall, I'll tell you who it doesn't work for. If you have straw in your barn, it's not going to work for you. If you want to go clean the stall and spend a lot of time as a bonding experience with your horse, it's not going to work for you. Um, we use pellets, and we have found that um, with the shaken fork, the whole vibrating thing, we end up um, keeping the pellets that are clean on the ground instead of throwing them into the wheelbarrow with the manure. So it's actually, you know, it's an expensive device. There's no question, but in the long run, we've saved money. Um, We've gone through it. We have the same one that we originally bought. It lasts forever. The battery is rechargeable. Um, it's an awesome product. And, um, you know, if, if the other people that it's really good for, I, I know someone who's got some uh, carpal tunnel syndrome going, and it's really helped her in cleaning the stalls because it does that work for her. So, um, yeah, we love it. We spend a lot more time riding horses than we do cleaning stalls now. And that's the Shake and Fork. You can find it at Equity Manufacturing, and that's EquityMFG.com, EquityMFG.com. Thank you so much, Anastasia, for joining us today. And so I'm here with two wonderful horsewomen, and uh, I'm going to let them, I'm going to just introduce them, and they're going to explain their background. So you, you guys all have an understanding of who we are, we three horsewomen sitting around our studios chatting. Uh, we have Sandy Lovato, she's here with us today, and Jennifer Hebert. Jennifer, you guys may know from Horses in the Morning. Uh, she is married to Glenn the Geek. And we also have Sandy Lovato, who is married to Frankie Lovato. So welcome to both of you. Hi there. Hey ho, Helena. And here. by the way, for all you listeners, Helena is married to Peter. <laughs> oh, that's right. I have a husband, too. I always forget me in these conversations. Uh, so let's start with Sandy. Sandy, tell us a little bit about you and Frankie and who you are and what kind of horses you have and, and your lives together. Well, thank you, Helena. And, and again, I'm thank you for inviting me to this show. Um, always love an opportunity to talk about horses. Um, I had my first Shetland pony at eight years old. Met my husband, former jockey Frank Lovato Jr. at 19 years old. Um, been with him ever since. I think we'll have our 30th wedding anniversary this November. So I was a jock's wife for, gosh, close to 30 years and um, kind of got away from horses at that point. I mean, of course, go to the racetrack and, and take my kids out, you know, and get on the pony horses and stuff, but didn't have a horse of my own during that whole time period. And we actually, we lived on Long Island in New York, so having a horse was just really expensive. So um, we, when Frankie retired from racing, we moved back to my hometown in Norwalk, Ohio, and since then I have started a therapeutic horseback riding program called Stampede of Dreams. I'm a PATH, Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship, certified riding instructor, and it's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Mm. And we only personally own, right now, we have a three-year-old Shetland pony named Popcorn, who is... <laughs> famous he has his own facebook page <laughs> and then um besides that then with the horses for stampede of dreams i'm you know very involved with them and keeping them you know ridden and worked so popcorn is the only horse right now that we personally own that's a big deal because it's easy to when you have a little bit of space it's easy to have more than just one and i have to say that popcorn is as they say up here in new england wicked cute <laughs> Thank you. He is. And he was actually a rescue. Um, as a matter of fact, when we got him as a yearling, uh, three years, oh yeah, it's going to be three years ago, a yearling two years ago, I was actually looking for a pony for Stampede of Dreams. Uh, some of the kids, with, you know, especially kids with cognitive issues, or, you know, they're a little afraid sometimes of a larger horse. So we were looking for a pony. So Frankie was coming with me, and um, he would say, I want a pony. I want a pony. Now, you got to understand, Frankie Rhodes left home at 13 to be a jockey, started riding at 16, never owned his own horse. Mm. So I had kind of been looking, and I had actually seen popcorn at this rescue that's here in southern Ohio um, called uh, Lewis uh, Farm and Rescue. And I'd seen him, and but he, I knew he wasn't right for Stampede of Dreams. So it was coming up on Father's Day, and I said, well, Frankie, I said, I've... Um, I found this little yearling pony that's real cute, and he's a rescue, which appealed to me. 
And um, so we, you know, made the phone call to Mandy Lewis and put the application in. And I uh, know, and I've never done this, never <laughs> adopted a horse sight unseen, never brought a horse sight unseen. So we had him trucked up here and he got off the trailer and we just immediately fell in love with him. He is, I mean, he's <laughs> just a great little guy from the time he was a yearling. He's and, a rock star uh, and he knows it, isn't he, Sandy? He, you know what, he is. Um, he is a rock star and he knows it. He actually, you know, typical, you know, knows how to pose already and all that good stuff. But, you know, Frankie, oh opportunity can to, he's out there taking pictures of him. Um, but uh, he's just been a great guy. He's just, he, you know, I've actually, um, we've had my granddaughter on him a few times and everything in the lead line classes at our local 4-H show. But this, he's three years old now. And I've told Frankie, this is the year. Now I'm getting serious. So we've already clashed and bumped heads, especially this past two weeks because we've had such nice weather here. I've actually been really starting to work with him. And uh, his dad, Frankie, is not happy with my techniques. <laughs> okay, we're going to, we're going to, that's, that's room for a commercial break right there because I want to leave everybody hanging. We're going to dive up. In, We're going to dive <laughs> no, into that. Before we do, though, let's quickly, Jennifer, tell every, not quickly, you can take your time, actually. This is my show. I can put the commercials in wherever I want, can't I? <laughs> well, well, I want to come back to that because that is, that, that's a pretty big conversation we're going to have with Sandy. But let's, Jennifer, for those listeners who aren't familiar with you, tell them a little bit about yourself and this famous guy you're married to. <laughs> yeah, the famous guy I'm married to. I am married to Glenn the Geek. A uh, serial entrepreneur, and um, he was serial entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Lord High Muckety Muck Chief Bottle Washer at Horse Radio Network. It's his little baby. And I have been dragged kicking and screaming into the broadcasting world. I am um, at. Wait, my, wait, hold what? on a minute. Wasn't what? he dragged kicking and screaming into the horse world? You know, okay. we were young. We were in love. <laughs> he wasn't kicking and screaming a whole lot. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, he wasn't kicking and screaming. Not in a bad point, way. At that point, he, was, he would do anything you wanted, right, Jen? Back you then. bet. <laughs> How long ago was that now? 20-some-odd um, years. Uh, I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you the, the exact number, but 20-some-odd years. That's good enough. We, he, yeah. So he And he drags me kicking and screaming, and we drag one another because probably if – if I was honest about it, I'm probably a, a serial entrepreneur as well. Um, but by trade, I have been in the horse business pretty much my whole life. You know, went right from high school to the horse biz and um, used the, po- the United States Pony Club system to as my jumping point. I was a graduate A, so I went through that uh, ringer, as they say, and uh, taught, rode, did a lot of eventing and fox hunting and dressage and some hunters and jumpers and things like that. So I, I kind of have what you would call a typical track through life and discovered, thanks to Glenn's help, that um, I love to learn new stuff. The process of discovery, there's nothing better for me. That's my cocaine. Mm. And he, he kind of brought that out in me when we got together in our 20s. So I have spent the past 20-some-odd years doing my best to just discover all things horsey. And it's kind of fun now. I, I, I'm warming up to the whole broadcasting thing a little bit, and I'm having a lot of fun uh, helping other people discover their inner um, discovery addict. Yeah. Well, you're, you're very good at it because you, you had actually helped me discover my inner discovery addict. <laughs> Your inner explorer. I'm a, I, I'm 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 just a wee teeny wee bit junior to you, um, so you really have the benefit of you know what you want to be when you grow up. I <laughs> I don't yet. I'm still in that discovery phase, but um, Jen and I met uh, quite a few years ago. We were working together. I was working for Jennifer in um, a, a high a high energy high activity uh, fox hunting barn, and we. We really, we shared a lot of Dunkin' Donuts together. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> we had, um, the actually, the best part of my week, it's probably the best job I ever had. I remember Wednesday mornings, it was, you know, real, real early in there, sitting in the feed room. All the horses are munching their hay. They had their grain, not quite ready for a turnout yet. And Jen and I would sit down over a cup of coffee and usually something sweet and just talk about some kind of, you know, some kind of equine mystery of the day. Or You used you know. to come in and you'd, you'd like present yourself. 
tell me about such and such, Jen. What? (laughs) (laughs) I think in a former life, you you participated in the Inquisition. Really? I know. I was just, well, because I found this person in Jennifer who was literally a walking encyclopedia. That pony club did you right because you just had a really well thought out answer to every question. Now, granted, I was still, uh, you know, on my learning curve in the horse world. I had some experience, but, you know... All of us know this, Sandy, you know this too. No matter how long you've been in the horse world, there's always, always so much, the more you know, the more you realize you don't, what you don't know. And so here I had Jennifer at my disposal, her 100% undivided attention, and she was happy to share what she knew. So every day I would come in and say, okay, Jen, (laughs) this is what we got today. And, you know, that's invaluable to have that person is just invaluable. It really is. Awesome. It really is. You're not, you know, today, most of us don't have the time to sit down and have that kind of conversation. So even then, looking back a few years, I'm very thankful that we had that. And, uh, you know, and through Jennifer, I had met Glenn. And uh, now I am married. <laughs> I'm married. Yay, uh, Peter. Yay, Peter. My husband is not at all horsey. He's just not. Not, not, he's not afflicted by the bug. And he likes them very much. He likes to touch them. He likes to cuddle them. He likes to give them sips of his whiskey. um, (laughs) And very much appreciates what they do for me, which I think is really, um, I don't want to say it's rare, but probably the greatest thing about my relationship with my husband is that he he can see and be happy about uh, the person I've become since since making horses my life. Well, I think that's awesome, and I am very jealous. (laughs) He doesn't have that. So that's me. Right now I have, um, we did, we picked up our lives. We moved from um, a nice little horsey town just north of Boston uh, out to the coast, Rhode Island coast, so that we could keep our horses at home. We found, we have a little farm that we call Hither and Yon. And right now I have two horses of my own, and I absolutely adore having them at home, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Do I want to do a little bit of eventing? Um, I've been fox hunting quite a bit. Uh, or I don't know. Maybe want to do little jumpers. Anything. I'll do whatever it takes. Um, <laughs> I'll do, really, I'll do whatever it takes. Just put me in the tack. And so that's my life. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how the three of us get along with our husbands. But we're going to take a quick commercial break to hear from one of our sponsors. I'm Glenn McGeek here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm on here with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with our Equestrian Collections product of the week. Well, Debbie, we're talking a little bit about cribbing this time, aren't we? Yes, we are. Cribbing and wind sucking going hand in hand. Um, the horses are getting out now, and people are worried about them uh, cribbing everywhere. Uh, the miracle collar that I'm featuring this week is the best thing that we have found for this situation. It, you need to have it snug. The secret of this collar is it needs to be very snug. And we have um, fleece covers to go with that to help with um, the, any rubbing that might go on. If it's adjusted properly, when the horse is grazing, it will automatically loosen. It will be tightened when his head is in the position to crib or wind suck. Um, it encourages them not to do that, and it really works. Glenn, work. I understand you yeah, are yeah. familiar with this product. Oh, yeah. We've had a bunch of cribbers over the years, and we were never afraid of having cribbing horses because we always knew. We, we, first, we'd use those little skinny collars, and yeah. you know they work sort of maybe. And then when, as soon as the Weaver Miracle Collar came along, we started using that, and we've used it on every cribber since then. You're absolutely right. The big problem that people have with, with these types of collars uh, for cribbers is they don't put them tight enough because they're afraid to hurt the horses. Well, these are designed not to hurt the horses, and they do have to be snug, and that's the reason they work. And But, but they can eat. They can eat their hay off the floor. They can eat their grain. All that stuff is just fine. They don't lose weight. Matter of fact, they'll gain weight because they're not cribbing all the time. Exactly. And the other thing to remember is some boarding facilities will not take a cribber. But if you can have this collar, you may have a very good chance that you can move your horse to a boarding facility that is concerned about that uh, behavior pattern. And it's in the $60 price range, 60 to $70, and at Equestrian Collections, it's well worth the money. Get the fleece, uh, co- the fleece, fleeces to go on it. 
we always used it with the fleeces. And the nice thing about the fleeces that go on is you can change those out. And, you know, if they get disgusting, you can just replace them. The Miracle Collar, just go to equestriancollections.com and search Miracle Collar and it will come up. And we are back with Sandy Lovato, Jennifer Hebert, and myself, Helena B. And this is the annual Desperate Horsewives episode of Stable Scoob. Although I have to say, desperate is sort of a misnomer because I wouldn't, I would certainly not say that Sandy's desperate, nor Jennifer. Well, it depends on how you define desperate. Desperate for what? What are we desperate for? Well, well see, there you I go. Would, I would say I'm desperate because, I, you know, I'm, I, I have a problem, you know, I'm desperate for more horse time. That would be my, I am desperate, and I have to, you know, really work that into my life, and, um, and, and, and Frankie doesn't necessarily, not that he doesn't support it, because he does, he especially supports what I do with the kids, but you know what, he, he, yeah, I'm desperate. I'm desperate, you, girl. But you, it's okay, so you, 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 you are a certified writing instructor, you have the therapeutic writing program, right. uh, that's your job. No, well, no, 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 no. Oh, it's okay. really volunteer right now. My job is I work for our the company Equisense and the Equisizer. That's my job. That's my full time uh, job, nine to five, you know, kind of job. That's my job. Stampede of Dreams is, um, you know, it's just a four year old program, so we're new. We're all volunteer right now. Um, I'm, you know, I'm hoping at some point that is my full time job. But, but right now, you know, uh, you know, I, for those listeners that don't know, Frankie, my husband. Uh, is the inventor, and we manufacture a product called the Equisizer, um, which is a non-motorized exercise machine training device. Totally um, awesome. Check it out, yeah. Facebook, website, Thanks. Google, Equisizer. So, so it's that's cool. my full-time job. And, um, and you know, and, and, I, and I enjoy that, and I love that. Like you said, I've, I've met, got to meet so many people through that, and it, it was great for Frankie to have a next career. But Equisizers don't smell like real horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. I love it. I, I don't do. smell like real horses. That's fun. <laughs> so, but, so what would you do if you in your de- you know in your your reach for more horse time? What would that look like to you? At the bar, <laughs> uh, first thing in the morning until <laughs> time to come home at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when um, when we first started Stampede of Dreams, I actually did have a horse. I had a, a, a eight year old quarter horse that I was actually. Um, considering purchasing, I was leasing him and I was purchasing him and um, I had actually broke my pelvis. I was getting ready for my certification test and I was actually in the middle of the lesson and he went one way and I went the other and landed wrong and broke my pelvis and um, and that was one of the first year we were starting Stampin' to Dreams. So I ended up going ahead and sending him back to his owners and um, because I did have the Stampin' of Dreams horses that were going to need my time and I was going to get my horse fixed through them and everything. Uh, and so I, you know, I would have to negotiate with Frankie for time to go to the barn. You know, I would have to, you know, X has to be done or I would have to do X, you know, I, I, you know, to get, to get my horse time at the barn. And then I'd walk out the door and he'd say, how long are you going to be gone? And I'd say, uh. oh, an hour or two. He said, you know, he'd say, be honest, Sandy, you mean four or five, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's taken I Glenn 20 some odd years to not ask. How long I'll be gone? He oh, doesn't ask. He knows that. better. <laughs> yeah. See, Frankie. Uh, last night I took my granddaughter over to where the Stampede of Dreams horse are. You know, we're really we're, we don't have an in- indoor arena, so we're only a, a, a good weather program. So we're gearing up the horses to start the program in May. So I was heading over there last night with my granddaughter to do some grooming, and you know, she, we're shedding horses out and stuff. And there's there's two horses at the location I was heading to, and so he does. He says hi. So he goes. So I'm probably not going to see you for a while. You know. I'm like, <laughs> Right. I said, you know what, I don't know how long, I don't know how, you know, I hadn't been over there in a few days, I had no idea, I said, I don't know, I don't know how bad they are, it was really warm, I said, maybe I'll get out, you know, I don't know, honey, I don't know, you know, <laughs> and, and he, he loves what I do, and he, I, you know, I don't want to miss his dump, but he, he just, he, you know, he just doesn't get well, it, when you're with a horse, you lose track of time. See, from his point of view, and this is what's fun about the conversation, is, <clears throat> Frankie's experience with horses until he retired from being a professional jockey was a business, business work. part of his life. And it's very structured. You're at the track at such and such time. You do these exact things with these horses, and you're done with this trainer at this time of the day. Yeah. So right. I'm sure for him it's a little harder to get his head around the type of relationship you have with your horse habit right. where it's not based on 
um, time. It's based on uh, task, you right. know, what you what you yeah. feel like needs to be done. So I'm sure for him, and he's also a little bit of a he's a very structured guy too. I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He is. Absolutely. Um, you, 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 you know, neat square, head. level, plum. That that's the way Frankie works. Uh, right. So I'm sure for him. And I'm sure each horse husband has a different reason they have a hard time getting his, their head around this horse habit. Um, and I'm sure for him that that's part of it because his relationship with the species and even with the people, because when you work at the racetrack, that's very much a business. You don't hang around the barn because you feel like you, you know, oh, you're, you're can I right. just hand walk him a little longer? Right. Exactly. You're it right. doesn't work that way. Well, right. Your motivations are different. Your motivations also, are different. Another thing, too, though, Jenna, is I do think that if, if – I had the facility right here on our property, you know, or if we, if I was just walking out the backyard to my barn and doing this stuff, it would be different. Um, Like, because if I'm out with popcorn, you know, he has no problem with me spending hours with popcorn, but I'm right here. Um, I think that he'd be a little bit more tolerant if, if it, you know, if I didn't have to leave our property to, to go take care of these horses or work with these horses, I think that. Yeah, because he could, I mean, of course, popcorn's his baby, so, you know, he's, he's really tolerant, but yeah, because that was the other thing he said when I went to leave. He says, well, what about popcorn? I said, well, if I get back in time, I am going to go out and mess with popcorn for a little bit. You know, that's, so I do think if, if it was here, he w- that would make a difference, but yeah, you're right, though. You know, it was, even though he had his favorite horses, and there's horses that, you know, to this day, um, as a matter of fact, there was a, there's a horse that's currently in Florida um, named Intrinsic Worth that Frankie rode to Chicago and won races on him, and the owner thinks he'd be great for our therapeutic riding program. So we're oh in the gosh. process of bringing him up um, this spring from Florida and to work with him and see if we can use him. We've actually we got wind pictures of Frankie on him and stuff, and That's that was so a cool. horse Frankie had a really great relationship with. So he has had wonderful relationships with horses. Yeah, so well, and, but, you know, there's a little bit of... Um, I think in, in all men, yes, I'm going to stereotype here, but they are a little bit selfish when their, their wives or their better halves pay attention to something else the way we had once paid attention to them. They are a little juvenile in that way. I'm sorry. It's, it's true. And I think, now I can say this because, <laughs> again, it's my show, but because I think that um, biologically, Women are designed to be, we're mares, we're alpha mares. Yeah. We look out for everybody. We are responsible. We are nurturing. We, we put our arms out, whether it's horses or cats or do- dogs or whatever it is, it has to be fed. We don't miss a trick. When that water bowl is half empty, we know it. You know, when there's, when two hours have gone by, we know our horses are out of hay and they're going to need more. And, and so there's this, we have that softness of the eyes, in our lives. And I think men don't have that. I think they're definitely more focused. They're more task focused. And so they tend to listen to me like, okay, (laughs) somebody, there's Dr. Phil needs to come and and check in on this. But I think that men are a little bit more focused and, and they get attached to singular things. What? Did you just say the word focused? I, yes, yes, I do. I do. I think. Speak for yourself, honey. Let me, no, 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 no. When Glenn is focused on something, there are very specific things in Glenn's life that he focuses on. Is this not true? Cheez-Its. Food. Fine. Potato chips. Yep. Yep. He, does he ever miss a meal? You know, he does. He frequently misses meals. You're kidding. This is Absolutely. He will frequently forget to eat breakfast and or lunch when he is elbow deep and yeah when he's focused on something else you mean (laughs) yeah he's doing something else and well let me get back to my analysis my armchair analysis here okay so anyway so i think that so that men get attached to us and um when we leave you know when they're focused on us and we leave them alone that they have a little hard time with it i think they get a little um resentful you know what I think it is? What? I think Frankie needs to know when Sandy's coming back home so he knows when to stop feeding <laughs> popcorn. popcorn. That's exactly it. <laughs> That's exactly it. I he doesn't so want to get caught. I, I, I hate to burst your bubble in, in a, a little bit, Elena. Fine. Um, but, <laughs> you know, that's not Frankie's issue with the, with the horses. I mean, especially when it comes to popcorn. Because one of the things that we constantly fight about, I mean, Frankie's used to being around thoroughbreds, right, and these racehorses. And that's how he wants to feed this pony. 
he uh-huh. feeds this little 40-inch Shetland pony hay three times a day. I mean, he, this pony, I told him, I said, you know, when the vet comes for spring shot, mm. you know, you're in trouble again. You know, we've got this little roly-poly little pony. And so that's where Frankie is, he is more fixated with making sure this pony is so well cared for. And I keep saying to him, and I love all my animals and my dogs too. Like my, we had to go someplace the other day. I'm trying, I don't remember where it was we had to go, but it was like four o'clock. Oh, I, I, I know where we had to go. We had to go see my daughter is buying a new home, her and her fiance. So we had leave, had to leave at four o'clock. Well, the animals get fed between five and six. Now I don't believe in having especially horses on a schedule like that. Um, I, I think you need a two hour window kind of a thing. And we go round and round about that. And, you know, he says, so you're going to let your dogs be hungry. My dogs will eat when I, when I get home. They're, you know what? They're, they're animals. They'll, they'll eat when they get home. And he cannot stand the thought of popcorn being hungry. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Does Frankie like to be fed on time? <laughs> yes. Yeah, there and, you go. See, but that comes back from, you know, being a jockey and reducing all those years where he would go all day with no nourishment. Mm. So, you know. And knows how like, it feels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So but he's um, he, but he, he just, you know, he just is so worried about these animals eating. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they'll be fine. You know, and, and he just, so if you look out, and the thing is, the pony knows <laughs> That's what really aggravates me. This pony knows how to look at him with those big brown pony eyes, <laughs> and, and Frankie will feed him. Now, Jennifer, do you do? Does Glenn have? Does do you think? How does he feel about the time that you spend with horses? Um, as the years have gone by, he's gotten better. Early on, it was easier for him because we had our own farm. And it's just what we did all day, every day. We were out fixing fences and doing this and doing that. And, and, you know, the day-to-day operations of a large agricultural facility. So it wasn't so bad because we were together all the time. Um, but then the kind of the, the middle years where he frequently was working either in a home office or an office somewhere else while I was doing the horse thing, that was a little tougher for him. Um and he still struggles with that to this day. It, but that's part, that's just Glenn. He's a, an exceedingly gregarious person. He just, he lives to be around people. Mm. Um, he's Bob Barker, <laughs> you know, and I am quite the opposite. I am perfectly content to be alone with no one to talk to for days or weeks. Doesn't bother me a bit. Um, so that's always been a struggle from the get-go. And I think that would be in our lives, whether I had horses or dogs or goldfish, and I have all three now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> so I think that's just the nature of who we are. He's really, really gregarious, and I'm really, really a loner. Um, but he's he's kind of come to grips with it a little bit more now that he's got a little gray on top. Um, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. listens to Dr. Jen. When Dr. Jen comes on the show and gives us advice, she helps me out a lot. And that's the best thing about starting the Horse Radio Network is that he, you guys get free advice. <laughs> Three couples advice. That's who we yeah, should. Yeah, but we also get people what trying to give us horses and people. <laughs> One of the things, Jen, I wanted to ask you is: Have you noticed a difference in your relationship in years and Glenn's and the horses since you guys started Horse Radio Network? And it seems to me like, I mean, he does seem to have such a love and passion for it that this would be a really good connection for you guys. Well, it's interesting because Glenn, you know, he's horse husband. And it's, it's funny because people who know him a little bit but don't know him really well will frequently say, well, no, you're a horse guy. You, you love horses. You have the horse radio network. You have a horse. You drive. You this, that. Um, and Glenn's fascination and passion, unlike us, is not for the horse itself. It's for the people who love horses He because fi- he's a people person, and yeah. he finds people who love horses fascinating. He, one of his favorite things to say is, um, every horse person has a story, whether you're the famous horse person or the person next door that has a pony, um, because he loves to learn about people and their stories and what they love to do and, and how they came to be where they are. So he is the horse radio network is kind of his, what do I want to do when I grow up? He finally found it because he really enjoys learning about, um, the people who love horses because he thinks horses are kind of cool. 
but he has discovered that there is an endless variety of types of people and stories that got you where you are. And that's yeah. what really drives him. And it, it is kind of fun because he is more invested in what I do with horses and what our close friends do with horses because it's much more part of his career now than it used to be. It is a nice marriage, forgive the pun, but of your passions and his passions. It really is. It's like perfect. It's a it's a perfect blend for you guys. It, yeah, he's a happy camper right now. Like I said, he's Bob he's Bob Barker. He's one of those people yeah. that was very unlucky, um, all through his high school and his college age. And all, you know, all those years he was one of those people that would say, "What? This isn't what I want to do. This is not what I'm passionate about." Um, in his career. He never knew what, what he wanted to do until he started about, doing this. Jen, what about his hands-on involvement, um, you know, with the horses? I mean, I know we kid around about him being like Frankie as far as like, eating treats and stuff and all that. <laughs> you know, does he, does he do any hands-on involvement with you and the horses? Or is it just basically, you know, here's treats in my pocket, have a treat? He is an extremely capable horse person. <laughs> and you would not know it to, to speak with him because he's very um, condescending in that respect. Um, he does, he is extremely capable. He can deal with horses that are colicking and trying to flip themselves over. You know, he can uncast horses stuck in stalls. He can load difficult loaders who bash their heads on the ceilings. He can deal with all that stuff. He doesn't enjoy it. He likes having a horse around that's like popcorn and beaker. Mm. That's his kind of horse. He, he enjoys grooming them and taking them for drives with his friends and, you know, taking care of them on a daily basis. But unlike um, people who have the horse lover's virus, he does not uh, seek out the challenge of learning about difficult animals or, or things like that. Although he did discover, and it was really kind of funny, back, um, this was last year for his birthday, I finally trumped him because he's a very difficult person to surprise, and I'm not very good at surprises. Um, I bought him a driving lesson for his birthday. And... He had never had a proper driving lesson, and all the years that he's driven, we've kind of just throw the harness on and off we go. And he, for the next three months, he talked about that driving lesson. He had so much fun, and he didn't realize he would enjoy learning the intricacies of how to drive a horse properly. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool that he discovered that part of himself that he wasn't aware of, because he's well, not a competitive person. He's not a what person? He's not competitive at all. He doesn't compete in anything. Well, you know, it, but he does have this natural curiosity, and I'm starting yes. to think that maybe he just hasn't been presented with the right type of horse opportunity to fit that natural curiosity. Because he well, is, he, that's frustrating, is to have a husband or, or someone close to you who's talented and extremely capable with horses, because we know how rare they are, <laughs> um, but who just doesn't have that that urge, that constant urge to engage with the horses. So maybe, Jen, he just hasn't found the right combination yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. how, about your, how about your husband, Helena? Does he do any hands-on, or just he just watches you from afar? He does do hands-on. He's he's a farm guy, so he likes to do. He likes to build fences. He likes to clear paddocks and turn the manure pile. He really likes to be a part of the lifestyle that comes along with large animals. Um, he when he was a, a young man, he worked at a retirement farm across the street. Was a an old wasn't old, but it was a retirement farm for thoroughbreds and other horses, and he worked there and used to ride. They had a donkey named Lucifer who lived up to his name. <laughs> Peter said that they, you know, he would just sort of climb on these horses bareback and, um, and they'd plop around the fields, whatever. But, of course, he would, you, you would do that to Lucifer and take your chances. And so, um, so interestingly enough, he thinks that he can sort of take that same approach to my Arab cross <laughs> and stand on the fence and climb over him bareback with a cigar in one hand and a glass of whiskey in the other. I tell this story often. Um, so he's, he, he's all about, he does want, he does appreciate, and he loves animals. He does appreciate the animals. But, you know, like Glenn, he doesn't have that urge, that mm-hmm. incessant urge to... I think- Part of the difficulty for Glenn, too, is being the captain of ADD. When you're working with horses, if you want to keep all of your appendages and stay out of the hospital, you need to be focused and you need to be in the moment because you never know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Even with quiet horses like Popcorn and Beaker and Zeke, 
And I think that's part of what he struggles with because um, his little brain goes at about 90 miles an hour faster than the rest of the world. And he can't turn it off when he's working with a horse. He can't just pick up a foot and look at it and clean it out and just look at the foot and go, I'm cleaning the foot. No, he's he's got stuff going back there. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's part of his frustration. He was like that when he was in school, apparently, too. I remember his mom telling stories about that. Um, so Peter is very good at being in the moment. Yes. yes. He, can, he can zen. Can Frankie zen? Yes, I would definitely say. Really? Yeah. yeah he really? But he, but, he, but he will tend, though, to go to his, but if something does, go wrong i don't want to go wrong but if you know if there is something that needs to be correcting he is still struggling with his racetrack ways um as far as correcting a bad behavior and stuff and we're working on that he's definitely improving he's learning you know especially because he does come and help us work with the stampede dreams horses and he does help with lessons so um our our equine manager is um you know has works with all of us and we have to handle those horses a special way so he's learning and he's doing great you know he's doing great as a matter of fact i mean he's got popcorn bowing he's got you know he's got <laughs> things that he's had to relearn but in the heat of the moment though he i do have struggle with him you know reverting to you know this this, this is a pony he's not secretariat and you know you can you know you don't have to you know, punish him that bad you don't have to make him back the whole way down the driveway, you know, <laughs> you know, so, um, but he can, I mean, he really does enjoy the Zen part of it. That's what he's really, really enjoying is just, you know, being with the pony and just being part mm-hmm. of it. And I'm um, sure that, even a Stampede Dreams horse too. I'm sure that when he was riding professionally, that was key to being a good jockey. You have to be able to be in the moment. Let me tell you. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's it's a long moment, but you have to be in it. And, but but is he is he Sandy? Is he open to? Does he realize or is he aware that this is uh, that even like coming and working at Stampede Dreams and his relationship with Popcorn? Does he realize that this is a learning experience for him? That he's growing Absolutely. still as a person? Absolutely, and especially for, from a jockey standpoint, like you said, like his his working with the, with the horses and his then most of it was on their backs. Which is a whole different ballgame, you know. You know, back and to and from the racetracks, and all the times you had that pony horse with you. So, you know, as a jockey rider, you're really not doing anything until that horse is turned loose, and you're either galloping him or breezing him or riding him in a race. So, this groundwork that us horsemen do so much of now, um, you know, that is you know such a key to to our horsemanship. That's the new stuff for him. That's the stuff that he really hadn't had a lot of experience with. You know, because, you know, very rarely do jockeys, you know, do any of that kind of work. Um, you know, you know, he may help out of the barn a little bit for one of his favorite trainers if he had a minute or something. But it wasn't to the extent it is when you're doing hands-on work, you know, solid hands-on work with a horse. So that's, that's the whole learning experience. And, oh, he's definitely open to it. And, you know, we've been fortunate, too, you know, especially since he's retired because of all the events we've done, you know, uh, going to WAG and go to Equine Affair and, you know, met some of these top clinicians and become friendly with him and, you know, gone and watched their clinics or been invited to come to clinics with them has been great for both of us, but especially for him to to really see the the horse world outside of horse racing. Hmm. Ah, discovery. I know. Well, you know, that's, I think there's, you don't realize that your self-discovery and your personal growth continues until you're over 30. You know, (laughs) you realize like, I'm kind of excited for the next 40 years of my life because who knows what kinds of things I'm going to, you know, get to learn and experience what kind of adventures we're going to go on. And, you know, I, I, Jen knows this, that I sort of fancy myself a missionary of horsemanship. I love to get on my horse and go hacking down the street and have people. You're the ambassador. I, well, I hope to be because I love when the kids roll down the window and they ask me about my horse and I say, go get some riding lessons or, you know, and, and so I'm trying to do that with my family, with, with my husband, because and I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if everybody is born with the gene that allows you to really appreciate, and it's something to say appreciate, but that allows you to grow from them. And I think that there's, They've done so much for my life. I, I just want to see them do as much for his life. But I have to find that special combination to unlock that place in him, you know? 
You put a lot of pressure on yourself, honey. I do. I, I know. I think of the same thing, and I also, and I want to say, you know, and that and that may not happen, and you have to be okay with that too. You know, I mean, it's that's the one thing that I do think that's hard, and and like I struggle, for example, with my Stampede of Dreams kids. Like, you know, we had one young girl come last year, and. Um, you know, when they signed up, they thought she was going to love it and everything. Had always, always loved horses. Well, she ended up not like, really not liking riding. She rode scared and everything. And it breaks my heart. And I have such a hard time understanding that, you know, because I just think everybody should love to ride it. Everybody should love to <laughs> right. have the horse blow snot on them. I, I so, um, you know, and I, so I, I struggle with that and I struggle and I have to realize that, you know what, it's not going to be for all my kids or it's, you know, I have a sister who I, you know, like I said, I had my first pony at eight years old, and I have a sister who cannot stand horses, hmm. and she does not get it at all. She gets it, what I do now with Stampede of Dreams, she gets, you know, the, the benefit for the kids and what we're doing, but so, you, you know, you... You know, maybe Sandy not, and Helena, maybe it's like this. Some people love escargot, and for those of us who do not, will never understand why those who do... Yeah. You know, it's it's probably something like that when it comes to the horse gene. Some people don't even have an inkling of it. It's not even latent. Um, and as horse wives or horse husbands in some cases, you have to be okay with that. Right. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. You're right. I mean, I see it in my daughter who... It, which may be a little bit different because she's got a lot of my genetic material. So I'm seeing her um, be awakened to the joys of, of horses. You know, she has the wee factor. She likes that little <laughs> wee, yeah. little zoom, zoom. I have the zoom, zoom. I, so I see her, and she appreciates that. Oh, my God. She so appreciates critters. And, She's Marguerite Henry all over again. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I mean, when I say I'm lucky, um, so so it's it's like, oh, okay. She, she, she will experience the joys of horses. So, yeah, you're right. You do have to back off a little bit and say, no, this is not for everybody. Um, it's just hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for me to think that way. But you know what? I totally agree. We, we, have, to, we have to take a, a short break to hear from one of our sponsors. So we're going to do that for just a minute, and then we're going to come right back and uh, finish talking about um, how desperate or not desperate we are as horsewives. We'll be right back. Not every horse needs a supplement, and selecting the right supplement for your horse can be a science. Kentucky Performance Products simplifies your search for the right supplement, and they provide products that are scientifically developed to address the specific problems facing modern horses. Their website and customer service people can give you detailed information on each supplement, helping you find the right solution to your horse's problem. You can trust Kentucky Performance Products supplements to provide the ingredients you need in effective amounts so your horse gets the most out of each scoopful. Kentucky Performance Products, helping you keep your horses healthy, sound, and competitive. Visit them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Okay, go ahead. Now, Sandy, you were going to come right back in. I said, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. What, what did Sandy say at the beginning that we had to get back to? Oh, I was how... talking about my working with popcorn and that Frankie's not happy with my techniques. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, because at the beginning, remember, you said, oh, we have to revisit that. It was about, well, I thought maybe we did, but it was, wasn't it about heads. who feeds him and, and how Well, much? the overfeeding thing, yeah. Who takes care like of, who's in charge? Let's put it that, let's go back to who's in charge of popcorn. Well, see, that kind of goes along with the rest of our life. I let Frankie think he's in charge of things. <laughs> and um, he... He's really mostly in charge of popcorn as far as he's, he feeds him. He's in charge of feeding him, and like I said, he's taught him to bow and stuff. But I'm, you know, I'm the one, like you were talking about your daughter. It's, our, it's my granddaughter. that She's six years old now, and she's the love of our life, and she's, she's got my horsey gene. She's been riding with me, um, you know, been working with her since she was about two or three years old. And um, so, you know, my breaking him, like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna break him for her to ride and to pull a cart and stuff like that. So, but I'm in charge of that because Frankie really has no experience with anything like that. So, I've been, you know, putting um, a bridle, uh, putting a bit in his mouth, um, and you know, like I like to leave, like tie him up for a little while, leave a bit, you know, just let him, you know, chomp on it and get used to it and everything. So I think I left it on him the other day uh, for about an hour and a half, 
and Frankie was sweating bullets. He was <laughs> dying that I was torturing his pony. And I kept having to say, honey, do you, do you want the best possible pony for your granddaughter? Do you want Popcorn to be the best possible he can be? Then you have to trust me. And, you know, you know and he, then, he, then he wants to know, well, where did you learn to do this? And how come you're doing this? And I have to explain it to him. So that's where we're differing. Um, it, you know, it's just that some sometimes he just can't. He has he doesn't grasp that because when you break a racehorse, I mean, you throw a bridle on him and tack on their back. I mean, they they've come a long way since Frankie and I were kids breaking horses. But you know, it's it's nothing like what we do now. You know, you just kind of ease everything into everything, and we you know we try to do it slow and gentle. And um, well, it's a little bit know, different just, skill set you're aiming for. Yeah, yeah, a lot of different skill skill set. That's you know, that's you know, it's like and the other thing is, you know, he wants to hang on Popcorn's head. He wants to hang on him and love on him. And now Popcorn doesn't like it. He Frank even said to him the other day, he goes, I just don't understand why he just doesn't like me to, to like he doesn't ha- let me hang on him and you know, I he this is what he wants a big teddy bear and you know, popcorn's still a horse, he's still a pony and I try to tell him, honey, it's just like the Stampede of Dreams horses. You know, he doesn't he doesn't want that. A horse doesn't want that. We need to teach him respect, and we need to stay away from his head. And you know, and mm-hmm. and that's but see, that's not the horse Frankie wants. Frankie wants that big cuddly teddy bear horse. You know, so I don't know. So that's where we differ. He just really, <laughs> but but he's in charge. He's in charge, and I just you know let him think I'm, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so Helena, do you and Peter ever butt heads over things that happen with the horses? Um, yeah, you know, surprisingly we do. And, you know, <laughs> surprisingly we do. And, and, but he comes at it as a, well, I don't understand why it has to be this way. He's, my husband is a scientist. He's a mathematician by trade. Um, and so he thinks in very, very logical terms, very linear. So when I will, you know, when I tell him that horses have to be treated in certain ways, he, and it doesn't make sense to him immediately he'll push back he'll you know he'll say well why do you have to separate their hay piles when they're out there they're both going to eat and even if one is dominant over the other this one this is going to happen and that's going to happen and so I have to and then there's those things but really those things you can explain to him and after a, a small debate he he understands it okay it's really just inexperience in, in horse handling but there are those things that you guys know that you just it's by feel. It's by intuition. They're right. The way you just handle horses, the way you react, things you do. I can only say, I know this is right because my gut tells me so. My intuition tells me so. And I can't explain that to him. Mm-hmm. And he will argue until he's blue in the <laughs> face. And I finally just have to say, because I just feel it, okay? <laughs> because I just feel it. And then I huff and I puff and my little fists go, you know, I make little fists and then I walk away and go, oh, I just don't understand. Is is Peter the I want to learn it for myself kind of guy? Wants to, you know, I can figure it out. Don't tell me how I have to do it. If And if you didn't tell him how to do it properly and end up getting his foot stepped on because of it, no, he wouldn't go back to you and go, you should have told me that. Nope, not at all. He's really easygoing that way. He he's happy to make mistakes and learn from them. Like he'll he'll get on a horse and yeah, God bless him because he really is getting better at this as we get older. I put him on Martin a few weeks ago and the thing about Martin is he's really he's so green that he doesn't steer. And so but he's yet he's very, very sensitive to your seat and legs. So if you do anything, he's gonna respond. He's going to respond in 10 different ways because he's green. He doesn't know exactly what you want, but he wants to give you something. Mm-hmm. And so Peter got on, and, of course, they were wiggling all over our field, and Martin was backing up and doing a turn on the <laughs> forehand, and then he was hanging his head over the gate. And So I finally saw Peter get frustrated, and he's really not the type to get frustrated, but I saw that uh, you know, look come over his face. And I finally said, you know what? I'm just going to shut up. You shut up. Just sit there and think where you want to go. Let's just turn it all, turn our brains off and just sit there. And sure enough, Martin started to meander in a beautiful straight line, <laughs> you know, <laughs> taking a nice walk. He picked up his walk. And what Peter came back to me and said was, he said, this horse is a lot like a program. He's a programmer. Okay. It's a lot like a program. You get out exactly what you put in. He 
So he said, I could write 10,000 lines of code. And when I go to run the program and it gives me a big blue screen, it's because I programmed in something that said to give me a big blue screen. Pretty much. Right? Yeah. Now, why is My it that so many horse people can't get that? <laughs> right? Awesome. Right? I know. I was like, oh, my God, I'll marry you all over again. And and I said to him, honey, you have, that is the nicest thing to hear because there are people who are, you know, have been horsey all their lives who never get that. Never, that. Yep. never yeah. understand that. And so, and he's, he's extremely patient, but it was such a, an epiphany. And from that point on, he had the horse going around better than I do. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know what, Galena, there's hope for you. There's <laughs> truly hope for you. <laughs> now now wow. I just have to find him a horse again. And, you know, I think that my dream is that we could go out on these family hacks, you know, a horse for my husband, a horse for my pony for my daughter, and then something in between for me. Um, because I think even just that, like he's got just the mindset and personality who can enjoy sitting on a horse. Doesn't have to be like me or Jen or Sandy, but can enjoy just sitting in the tack and being transported away into that nice place. See, Glenn would have to have a picnic basket and a destination (laughs) or he wouldn't have any fun. And what would Frankie have to have? Oh gosh. Um, I don't I honestly don't know. We're going to have to get him on a trail ride and find out, Sandy. I have been trying to get this man on a trail ride, girls. I cannot tell you. He has no desire to really ride anymore. And I try to be very understanding of that. I mean, we're talking about a man who won 1,500 races, probably rode 30,000 horses. The desire to ride just really isn't there for him. Now, I, can't, I mean, he has come over and he has ridden with me at the barn and stuff, working horses and stuff. But, you know, to me, man, just, you know, I went on a weekend trail ride with friends last year. And, man, we, you know, I'd call and tell him, okay, we're going out again, you know. And he just he couldn't concept that. Like he, and I try to tell him, honey, if you just come out on a good trail with us and just, you just let your mind go and you just ride. And he he just doesn't see it yet. And I... Well, you know, so part I don't of that know. It's might not the be, writing that, that, that appeals to him anymore. Part of that might be, Sandy, too, is you know how it is when your spouse, your parent, your child tells you something. What you actually take in isn't necessarily what they try to communicate. You know, mm-hmm. it might be one of those things that he's not going to rediscover his interest in writing until it comes from a different source. Oh. Yeah. That's true. There's See, a Glenn. Honestly, and that's one of the reasons I'm also looking forward to this horse coming up, um, this horse that he's to ride in Trinsic Wars, because I honestly have hoped that that could be the spark. We won't let we won't let Frankie listen to this episode then. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell him. Top secret. Okay, listeners out there, <laughs> do not tell Frankie. Do not share but, yeah, but, but he has actually said that himself, though, girls. I mean, he he's excited about the, the prospect of this horse and, you know, and connecting with a horse he used to ride. So he's all actually said that himself, that, that, you know, maybe this is the spark that he needs to, you know, want to go riding with me. And, and we'll see, you know, because, you know, every horse, before we can introduce them to Stanford Dreams, you have to work with them for months and, you know, make sure their mindset is right and everything. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to work with this horse for a while. But um, so that's, I'm, I'm actually, you know, from, from my lips to God's ears, that this is the horse that sparks Frankie and makes him want to ride more. Interesting. We're, we're going to have to check in with you on that. Yeah. I have to say, it has been a full hour for us. Wow. And I know. I know. I know. I could talk to you girls forever. <laughs> Maybe. That's the way I mean, it works with work girls. We see this every year. Is we really we should probably do this once a month and have a little powwow session. Um, I I have to say a great big thank you to Sandy Lovato for joining us today. I it's I have not had the chance to spend this much time with you. I couldn't have been happier that you were able to to fit this in. So well, thank, thank you, you so thank much you for inviting me. I totally enjoyed it. Totally enjoyed it. And to Jennifer H., our Coach Jen, I really should address you by your, your official name, is Coach Jen, um, married to Glenn the Geek, founder and chief cook and bottle washer of the Horse Radio Network, who always has something insightful to say. Thank you to Jennifer for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. This was a blast. This was a blast. This was, you were listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. This is our annual Desperate Horsewives episode you're also, uh, we're broadcast on the Horse Radio Network. So if you like this show, we want to hear from you. Find us on Facebook. Look for us at Stable Scoop. 
Give us your feedback about uh, today's show, and we'll keep the conversation going because I think we could probably put another three or four hours in on this topic. (laughs) (laughs) At least. And many thanks to our sponsors for today. And uh, we will have another full Stable Scoop episode coming up next Friday. Be sure to listen in. Thanks again. 